the song that you just saw on the video, one of the songs that was selected for the um, greatest hits. So it was requested from one of our members to play that song. What I did not know about that song is that it has a really history. Um, the song was actually written around 1984, I think it was, by a man by the, that goes by the name of Leonard Cohen. He spent, story says, almost five years agonizing over the writing of the song Hallelujah before he finally completed it to the point that he was satisfied with it. And then after he completed it, he went to CBS, who he had a recording contract with. They listened to it. They said, there's no way we're going to record that. And they didn't. But he that he played it at his concerts for many years. Now, it wasn't the version that we heard today. It was a different version. But at one of his concerts one night, uh, there was another performer there who heard it. And so he acquired the rights to the song, and he put it on his album. At which time, it went to the market, and this album. But one of the persons that purchased it was a lady who lived in Brooklyn in New York. And she just happened to have it sitting at her house when a house sitter came by one night to keep the house. And he heard the song playing there, Cohen's version of it, that is. And he had a band, and he decided that he was going to record it. So he recorded it and put it on an album. And that's what really brought Starlight, was his recording of it. But soon after he released it, tragedy struck. And he drowned in a river. Like what happens with a lot of artists, when an artist dies, people really start looking at their work. And people really started looking at, at his version of that song, and it became really popular ten years after it had been written. And since then, it's become one of the most popular songs throughout the world. Now, I want to tell you real fast about the original version I, I really wanted to play the original version for you today, but it's kind of complicated. Because it starts out talking about David and his rise to power, then his fall into, to, into temptation. But then he cries out, Hallelujah. And then it talks about the judge Samson and all of his might and all of his power. And how he fell to the hands of lust and gave away his secret. But in that fall, there was still a hallelujah. And the song went on even to, into more contemporary personages. The same story. We rise, we fall. And I think what I learned from the original version of that song is this. No matter where I'm at on the road that God has me on, whether I'm on top of the mountain or I'm in the valley, there's always a reason to shout hallelujah. Today's passage of Scripture is short. It's another one of those verses that's, or passages. It's only one verse long. And it comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 16, verse 11. And David wrote, You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Let us pray. 
Father God, as we come before you during this time of the worship service, I ask that you be with me. Give me guidance and, and inspiration, Father God, and give us words of, of hope that will help us to look at the past that we've been on and see the times that you've been present. And help us to look into today and know that no matter where we are, that, that you're still walking with us and talking with us. And that we can be content in today while you prepare us for our tomorrow. Father, I ask that during this time that you take from me any desire to speak my own words, but empty me and fill me with your spirit, that all that I speak would be your desire. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The passage of scripture that I read from you from the book of Psalms is the last verse in a long, long story. Because that story encompasses so much of David's walk. And I read that passage of scripture and I went back and read that entire chapter, which is really, really long. It's only 11 verses. And I kept seeing David's walk in each in every verse. And that's what made me think about you and I today. Not just as a community. It's 11. Because it points out this. That God makes known to us the path of life. And that is so important for us to know because we are a people that by nature look for purpose and meaning in life. We want to know why we are here. And so many times we get these ideas or concepts in our mind of, of who we think we should be or, or where we think we should be in life. And we get lost in, in all the, the debate and argument of, of how And we forget to live in the day. You see, I don't think that finding that purpose and meaning in life is as hard as people make it out to be. I think it's rather simple to find, but not so simple to fulfill. You see, I think that, that our purpose and meaning in life is found in, our, in and around our lives daily that we don't have to alter our circumstances to make it something that we want it to be or that we have to manipulate people along the way to get them to do or be what it is that we desire so that we can have our own, our own achieved goal. I think Jesus said it best when he said this about life. Don't worry about the clothes that you wear. And don't worry about the food that you're going to need to eat. The birds of the air have no care or no worry for these things, so why should you? But in all things, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all else shall be added unto you. So the answer to me is pretty simple, but the path that we take to fulfill that answer or that quest is quite difficult. The answer is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. 
and God will take care of the rest. And on that path, we encounter many, many different things. David, when he starts, when he put down the words to Psalm 16, the first thing he said was this, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord that you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And I look at that and I think about myself and the times that, that I walk down my own road and I look around to the people that I've seen in life and how they walk down their road. And we all in our early days, meaning myself and those people that I refer to, not necessarily you, had that very same struggle. That we wanted God to, to be something specific in our life to fulfill some idea that we had that, that we wanted to see happen in life. That we wanted to be a certain person, achieve a certain goal, or obtain a certain status. And we would walk on whoever we needed to to get there. And what we found out was sometimes we would get there. We would make it to that place that we wanted to be. But, but when we got there, what we found was a bunch of loneliness because we hurt everyone along that path. That when we look back, we, we didn't see any good that come from it. There was no righteousness in our acts or our deeds. But what we learned from that when we were growing up was this, that, that if we turn to God, that if we start taking his word and applying it to our life. But you see, the thing is this, and I think James points it out clearly, and we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, that, that when we look into the mirror, we see the very image of who we are as a person, right? And when we see that image, we recognize all the lines and marks on our face. But then when we step away from that mirror, we began to forget certain aspects of what we look like. And when we look to the law or the Word of God, we, we do the same thing. We, we see the Word, we understand it, and we know what we should do, but we don't necessarily apply it. And that's where it makes a difference on our walk, on our journey, on the road that God has us on, is, is we can say to ourselves and to everyone around me, this is who I am, like me or not. Or we can say that I understand who I am naturally. I understand how who I am naturally has a negative impact or a positive impact on myself, my environment, and those around me. And I can ask myself, in my current circumstance, in my current situation, am I responding in a way that is holy and godly? See, we have the authority and we have the power to make changes in our life. We have this ability, and John Wesley said that we should do this. And it's not to beat ourselves up, but it's to help ourselves grow and experience God better. And that is to sit in reflection upon ourselves. Because when we sit in reflection upon ourselves we, we, and be honest with ourselves, we find the things in life that, that God wants to change about us. Now, that doesn't say that we're horrible people. 
And it doesn't say that, that we need to change everything about us and become perfect at one time. I think that's where grace and mercy comes in. But we can slowly apply God's word to one part of our life at a time and make that change that God desires in our hearts and in our souls. And I think that when we start doing that, what we find is this. The, the words that David wrote here are true. That God becomes my refuge. Because when I start depending upon God and applying his word to my life, then I come to understand this. That all those things, all those hopes, and all those desires pale in the presence of God. That God himself becomes the desire of my heart. And when God becomes the desire of our heart, we learn not to delight in the ways of the world or the things of the world. But we find joy and comfort and peace in a world in turmoil because we rest in the presence and the word of God. David went on to say, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, and surely I have delightful, or I have a delightful inheritance. For I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. And I love that last part. But even at night, my heart instructs me. I say I think a lot because, well, I, I apparently I do think a lot. Sometimes I might think too much. And I don't know about you, but at night, when I'm alone, or even in the, the daytime when I'm in my, in my quiet place away from the world, and my heart begins to talk to me. What I really mean is when the Holy Spirit begins to talk to me. He gives me counsel. And not just correction. Because we don't want to, to think about our relationship with God as just one big correction. But, but to think about all the times that God was with me. All the times that I was alone, but I found comfort because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He helps me to remember all those good things that God has done for me. Because it is so easy for us to, to get caught up in, in that dreadful moment in time and begin panicking about what today is going to be or what tomorrow is going to look like.
we may slow down and just let God speak. He'll remind you of all the times that we thought we were alone when we weren't. And he'll remind us of all the times that we thought we weren't going to make it, but we did. And he reminds us. When we start beating ourselves up, and we start feeling guilty because we're not perfected in this life, that we can take that guilt and we can lay it down at the feet of Christ, walk away and know that it's forgotten. He reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Our roads are not easy by any means. But if we choose to look at them with hope instead of negativity, we see God working in our lives through a storm into a promised land. And when we feel run down and start thinking that, that we can't make it anymore, that we can't take one more step, there is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives when he whispers in our ear, pulls on our just one more step. Just one more step. And that one more step becomes another step into another step. And then the next thing you know, we've regained our strength and moved further than we thought we ever would have. And I think that when we look back on that road, we look back and experience a gratitude that we may not have known had it not been for God's work in our life. Every one of us has experienced God in different ways. I've shared with many of you things on my road and you've shared with me things on your road. And it's not hard to see the common thread in all. And that is the transforming power of Jesus Christ in our lives as we live out today move toward tomorrow. Sometimes I think that when we consider the road that we're on, 
that maybe we kind of get lost. And it takes an act of God to pull us back on. There was a story about a man that you probably know who started out on his road many, many, many years ago working as a janitor. And he had a dream and a desire to be a musician. And just by being in the right place at the right time, he met the right people who helped him make that dream come true. But even after fulfillment of that dream, there was something on that road that was still missing. I would love to tell you that story, but I couldn't do it justice. So I would love for him to tell you himself. And Chris, before we do it, I'd like for you to tell the story of why me, Lord. I think it was inspired by Larry Gatlin, wasn't it? In a well, way. Uh, I was moved by a song I heard him singing in church. Was it Help Me? Help Me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Didn't it you was go to, at Jimmy you, Snow's church. You uh, took Connie Smith to church, or she took you to she church? She took me to church. Uh, we had, uh, the night before, we'd been down in Cookville with a bunch of people doing a benefit for, uh, for Dottie West's uh, high school band or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, Connie uh, took me over to to church the next day to to Jimmy Snow's church, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I I had a profound uh, religious experience at, during during uh, the the session something that I had never had happened to me before, and. Uh, and uh, why me came out of it. It was a very personal experience there. Yes, it was, it was uh, 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 everybody was kneeling down and, uh, and uh, Jimmy said uh, uh, something like, if, if anybody's lost, please raise their hand. And I was, I was kneeling there and I don't go to, I don't go to church a lot. And uh, the notion of raising my hand was uh, out of out of the question, <laughs> and I thought uh, I can't imagine who's doing this. And all of a sudden, I felt my hand going up, and I was hoping nobody else was looking because everybody was had their head over, bent over, uh, praying. And then he said, uh, "If if anybody uh, is ready to accept Jesus." something like this uh come down to the front of the of the church and uh uh i thought that would never happen and uh and uh i found myself getting up and walking down with all these people and going down there and and i don't really know what he said to me he said something to me like are you ready to accept uh, Jesus Christ in your life or something and I said I don't know I, I didn't know what I was doing there and he put me down <laughs> he said kneel down here and and he 
I, I can't even remember what he was saying, but whatever it was, was such a release for me that I, I find myself weeping in public. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, I felt the, this uh, forgiveness that I didn't, that I didn't know I even needed. Could we get you and Janie Fricky and Willie to, to do this? We'll sing harmony, you Ooh. bet. We're well, right we'll here. try, I'll do it in G and I uh, hope I don't mess up the band again. <laughs> Those of, you, uh, those of you that don't know, the gentleman's name is Chris Christofferson. And Chris Christofferson, if we were to think about the standard of holy, you probably wouldn't think Chris Christofferson, to be honest with you. He is a hard man. And what I love about this video is his ability to display the humility of his brokenness. When he said those words, I received the forgiveness that I didn't even know that I needed. 
And the song that he wrote came from that experience, and, and that is his journey. That is the road that he was on thus far. And I think that, that if we can do like he did in that song and ask those questions, why me, Lord? Then we will have a, a better understanding of who we are and the miracles that God has worked in our lives. Because he's worked miracles daily. He's walked with us and he talked with us. And he's brought us safe thus far. And there's a whole nother journey ahead of us. Why me? Because God loved me. No other reason. So as we close today, I, I ask you today to, to think about your journey and where you are on your road. And think about the times when, when God didn't seem to be present, but you look back today and say that there's, there's no other excuse, there's no other reason for me to have survived or made, made it through that point in my life other than God being present. And think about the miracles that he has worked. And remember that what God has done in the past, he can do in the future. Let us pray. Father God, as we close the service today, we thank you for the time that you've given us here today. And Father, I just ask that, that as we begin to leave here today, that, that you let, us, let your spirit go out with us to empower us to, to remember the good, kind acts of your love and your mercy to help us to recognize all the times in the past that you were present and help us to leave with the assurance of knowing that, that when we leave here today that you go with us and you go before us because you have us on a road and all roads lead back to you. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings and thank you for your bound us. We praise you and we love you. And then you can question, 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 question,